Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi Terrors, I'm Teresa and I'm Rachel and welcome to Terra Astralis. You're at? Is it even recording? Oh. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Uh, we're having problems with the mic setup. And when I'm pretty sure we've had problems with the mic setup every week. Literally every episode. <laughs> it's fine. We'll get there eventually. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully you can hear us. <laughs> And if you can't, then just fuck me, because this is a long episode and I don't want to re-record it. <sighs> um, we'll just try. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I almost spoiled. Like, yeah, spoiler alerted myself for this episode. Yeah, um, Morbid just uploaded an episode of this case that I'm doing. I did not choose this case based off of Morbid. No, I literally, I didn't even realise, because it was after she told me, and they uploaded it the same day that she told me, like, she told me before they uploaded it, and then I was like, is this the case that you're doing? She was like, yes, don't listen to it, and I was like, oh my god, if I, like, didn't realise. Yeah. Because if you, because usually, like, sometimes we don't tell each other what we're doing until the day. Yeah. And if you hadn't, I would have spoiled it myself. Yeah. Um, so that was a complete coincidence because I literally went to oh Google God. and just went notorious serial killers and I just picked one that looked interesting. Yeah. Um and of course I picked one that I ended up with ten pages worth of notes. <laughs> As so do. this is gonna be a very long episode. Might be a two parter. A two parter. It's a day, guys. It's a fucking day. I was supposed to be here much earlier, and then I was going to have a doctor's appointment, and then I didn't end up doing the other two. It was just a whole thing. It's... (sighs) It's one of those days where everything that can go wrong has gone wrong. Yeah. So we've got... We're doing great. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, Update from last week. Last week, we talked about me getting, or maybe getting my wisdom tooth removed. It was removed. Um... Was it that bad? No, it was really quick, really easy. I watched it; it was horrific. (laughs) This dentist was the fucking beast. Like I wore red lipstick, and she didn't even smudge it. It was perfect. She literally got. It looked like she got a screwdriver and just levered, like levered it out. It was so weird. Um, and then I went off shopping afterwards, and I found a cape, which is. I'm, Did you find that shirt, by the way? No, I still haven't. It'll, it'll pop up eventually. <laughs> she messaged me asking me if I took home her shirt, and I was like, for once I didn't. So, <laughs> I do have your lipstick, though. I'm wearing it right now. Yeah, I thought that was mine. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also got accepted into university. Yes! yes! I'm so proud of you. Thank you. 
Um, I really fluked it. It's been a joke in my family that I would fluke going into uni since, like, we've been joking about this since maybe year 10 in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew that I would fluke the test because I was, uh, I paid to take a test because I thought my school wasn't high enough. And then, and then turns out it. I didn't even have to take the test. I fluked the test so hard, I didn't even take it. And I got accepted in. Listen, so, I told you that you were good enough, and you doubt yourself. Well, Fucker. the score said 57. No, I never But online you. it says 64. <laughs> yes. But yeah, so is that this week's news update? Yes. Yeah. I think I, in our last, like last week's episode, I said New Albany or something like that. It was New Albany. What's for? Last week's episode, Shenshire. So yeah. I, was, I pronounced one of the places wrong, I believe. Uh, so, so right, fair enough. I was listening to it in the car today, and I was like, mm, that was incorrect. <laughs> fair enough. Aside from that, I think that's all the news we've got. Yeah. All right, you okay if I jump in? Yes. Yep. Okay, so this case is about David and Catherine Burney. Or you could call them the Bonnie and Clyde of Australia. Beautiful. I know. And Aussie case. So yes. fun. So we've got to kill a couple. Yes, we we've do have to kill a couple. couple. Um, they are <sighs> chocopox. Is that the is that the Cho- Chocopox. What are you trying to say? I don't one? know. You know what? If you were like saying on. something's like full, you'd be like it's chocoblock full. Yeah, like their case. Yeah, it's like yeah. chocoblock. Yeah. Okay. Chocopox. That's no. I'm so confused now. It's chocoblock. Okay, well, English shouldn't be my first language. We've already found that. <laughs> I don't know. Is it? Barely. Um. Okay, so uh, David John Burney was born on the 16th of February, 1951. They're both born in the same year, so it kind of makes it a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um. And spoiler, he died on the 7th of October, 2005. So that bitch dead. Um, and Catherine Margaret Burney, or her, her maiden name, uh, I think I have later on in here, but, um, you, yeah, I'm anyway. so surprised that they're actually the same age, because I feel like most yeah. of the couples, it's like an older no, guy, and then like a age. younger girl gets like two, yeah. 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 Um, and she was born on the 23rd of May. 1951. So literally a few months apart. True love, am I right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> um, they had a total of five victims, although when I did my research, there was um, suspicion that there was actually a sixth Ooh. victim, but that wasn't brought up until 2017. Uh, wait, did they, had they both died? Then no, she's still, she's still alive. He's Ooh. dead. Yeah. She may be rotten in prison. She is. Thank God. Yeah. I'd hunt her down myself. <laughs> She's um, tried to appeal for parole several times. We'll get into it later. I um, fucking hate when But they she's do that. been denied every single time. Yeah. Since, I think, 2007. Oh my God. Can I say I hate being so dumb? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll see by the end of this, I'll um, mention it, or I'll try to, um, where the Australian legal, like, brain fart, Jesus Christ, I have the word, um, mm-hmm. the justice system, mm-hmm. like, does us right this one time. Oh, yes. this one time? This one time. 
Um, but they had five victims, four murders, and one attempted. Um, all between the ages of 15 to 31 in their home in the 80s. This all happened, Whoa. I'm not kidding, within a month. All these murders. A month? Maybe. Jesus! Yeah. You're busy? Just. God damn. Um, did they have any kids themselves? We'll see. I'll, I'll get into their childhood. I was going to say, there's like no way that you can raise children well also. We'll get into <laughs> it. We'll get into it. Um, when the crimes were talked about in the press, they were referred to as the Morehouse Murders after their address, which is I three Morehouse like Street. You or maybe, can buy this house. Or maybe like, oh no, I, I was thought of another case. It's like, there's another case called the Moore's Murders, which is Ian Brady. No, this is after the street that it all happened on, which is Morehouse. Wait, you can buy the house? You can buy the we house. We go there. Where is this? It's in Perth. Let's go on a road trip. Post-COVID, guys. Post-COVID. Post-COVID, yeah. <laughs> It'll be a while. Um, but this all happened in Perth, Western Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first, David, David's, David's childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the eldest of five children, um, and he lived in a semi-rural uh, suburb or of what? Of Wattlepoke. Wattlepoke? You know when you go to write of or and you accidentally write or, is it vice versa? Wattlepoke? Wattlepoke. What is it? W-A-T-T-L-E? Yeah. So it's wattle, like the plant? Oh, well, it's a word. It's an I know what a wattle is! But he was the eldest of five. Um... All his school friends and his parishioners, I know I butchered that word, from Wattle Cove, from the Wattle Cove Baptist Church, I'm struggling, um, <laughs> described his family to be dysfunctional with rumours of the family um, promiscuity. That, oh, I'm butchering these words, dude. That's how people describe my family. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... But there was rumours about, like, um, alcoholism in their family and how they supposedly engaged in incest. Okay, people don't describe my family yeah, like that. Let's say, just go back. That's as far as I go with associating myself <laughs> with this case. Um, story is told, and I heard this from the Morbid podcast. I didn't finish listening to it because it was a two-parter, like, ours yeah. is probably going to be. Um, but I heard this story from their podcast, and I think they heard it from Did a YouTuber. Did you listen to the podcast today to help with research? Last night, yes, to oh, go okay. over, to get, like, more details. That's so cool. Um, uh, stories told that his mother never cared for David or his four siblings, and they would often leave the fridge door open as, like, a, if you're hungry, go in and grab food. But at the same time... Why the fuck would you do that to a fridge? Why that would did... you do that? There's no... What the do you fridge mean? just goes rotten. Wait, what do you mean if you want something, go get... Like, you can do just you know tell your kid he... that. Yeah. So you, like, no, but these would be, like, toddlers. These would be, like, two-year-olds. Oh. Yeah. That's what they were, like... I was so confused. They I was like, children. why would they leave the... <laughs> no, 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 no. That is so messed up. Um, the was house... power bill? I know. Um, but, like... Um, their house was a pigsty. Their parents, neither parents wanted these children. They just had them. It's really sad when that happens. Yeah, I know. Um, like, like, it's sort of like a monster that's made, you know? Yeah. 
Um, in the 60s, his parents decided to move the family to a different um, suburb, suburb in Perth where he met Catherine. Catherine? Catherine. Today's the day. Today's the day. <laughs> as, they um, as they became neighbours. Um, I put you on silent. Yay, it wasn't me. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, uh, soon after they moved to the suburbs, David's parents divorced and neither of the parents wanted the five children, so they all became wards of the state, which basically means they're put under the protection of the state and they're put into, like, foster care. Yeah. Um, and after this, Catherine and David lost contact with one another after David was moved out. Um, at 15, he left high school and became an apprentice jockey. And, like, at this point, people were like, okay, maybe he'll start, like... So he would have been, like, a smaller, on the smaller build that side. He was, was to a be very a jockey. Because to be a jockey, you have to be pretty, like, Well, he wasn't built. doing any, like, horse riding. He was just, like, caring for them, like, the horses. He was an apprentice. Yeah, but, to, yeah. like, but if you're... Because that's when you are an apprentice jockey, you start off with doing, like, being a stable hand and stuff like yeah, that first. yeah, yeah. But to actually, like, be a jockey, you need to be on, like, the smaller side. Yeah. So, like, frame and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, he was, um, lanky, I'll say. Yeah. Um, but he became an apprentice jockey for Eric Parnham at a nearby Ascot race course. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and it was at this point where people were like, okay, maybe, because some well people known. just need, like, a chance to get their life together. And they need something to focus on. Yeah. Like, when you have something that you, like, are, are like, passionate about. Yeah. It get, yeah. They thought that this was this, that for him. His um, break. Yeah. It wasn't. Oh. Um, <laughs> when Eric, um, Parnham went to pick up David from his home, it was described, um, like, the place was described as a slum, um, surrounded by a pack of dogs. Oh. Yeah, so it was disgusting. Um, he was uh, he was described as an asshole by the other apprentice jockeys, and it was said that he never smiled and was always ill mannered and mean and treated the horses poorly. Oh, yeah, no. this part's gonna make you upset. During his time here, he physically harmed three horses. Don't work with animals if you're not gonna treat them well. Like. Okay, so you know how every serial killer has, like, those few traits from their childhood? Yes. Or adolescence? Yes. Animal abuse is, like, one of them. One of them is animal abuse. One of them is head trauma. Which we will get into. Um, And, like, shitty upbringing. Yeah, and shitty upbringing. Um, He has all three. Yeah, of a serial killer. Don't work with animals if you... I aren't going to treat me properly. Don't. I can't. I work with animals and they treat me like shit and I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not even tell them about the fucking mouse. <laughs> Dude, it's a mouse. I brought a mouse home from work the other day because it, um, I had to hide it from my boss. Um, it was dying and it was like a little baby and it had already eaten bait so it didn't make it through the night but I got very attached to it. And it cured my depression, so I went and got a mouse. She got, like, a... The next day. Like, a pet mouse. Yeah. His name's Benji. He's very cute. I can't with you. I honestly can't. I lost him today, again. But he actually went down the side of my bed. But he always comes back to me, so that's... 
<laughs> like I full on lost it. Okay, like, next time you want to get a mouse, don't buy one. Get them from my fucking roof. <laughs> I looked up the other day and I was like, hang on. I normally hear mouse noises in my roof and that's like a nightly thing and I'm kind of used to it. Mm-hmm. But this noise was really close and I look up and it's in the fucking air vent above my bed. That's kind of funny. I shone my light at it and this bitch looked at me. I can't. That's hilarious. Anyway, I'll take them. They're pests. But I got cat one though. He's not yet. He is kind of cute, but they're still pests. T C. I sent her. T- I sent her Snapchats, and she was like, "It's mm, kind of cute." Okay, he's got a cute pattern on his fur. That's it. They're still stinky. Um, he also um, <clears throat> getting back to the serial killer. Mm-hmm. Um, David also developed exhibitionist tendis- tendencies. Um, he would ride up on his bike to the race course in nothing but a jacket. Um, so can you explain to me what that means, exhibitionist tendencies? I don't actually know because I feel that a lot of our but or they're just I not dumb like us and they will know what it means. I think it's like parading naked in public. Oh, yeah. Um, no, give me sense. a sec. Exposing the genitals to become sexually excited. That's gross. Yeah. Um, don't do that, people. Don't do that. Don't do that. Um, that ain't cute. And then but one source said that he tried to do this, and another source said that he actually did this. Um, but he tried to slash committed his first rape. And when he became an apprentice jockey, they gave him, like, free housing at the, like, race course. Um, and so he, there was, like, a landlady. So how and she old was, is he? Hang on. <laughs> um, but he had a landlady at this, like, free housing place, and she was a 60-year-old landlady. Um, and he wore, he broke into no. her room slash house completely naked, wearing nothing but a pair of stockings over his head. That's terrifying. I know. Oh my god. Um, but around this age, he was about maybe 15, 16, I want to say. Yeah. That's when he knocks me real bad. When they're starting off that early. Yeah, I know. And like that, like that from the jump. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, by adolescence, he had been convicted of several crimes and spent time in and out of jail. Um, and by adulthood, he became known as a sex and pornography addict and a paraphiliac. He should have stayed in jail. Yeah, he really should have. Um, David had a long list of crimes and had been in and out of prison several times for assault, burglary, and other petty crimes. See, that's not, like, the biggest deal. Like, if you're... You want to come closer? Like, there's, there's a difference between, like, petty theft or, like, weed possession, and, yeah, like, rape and murder. Yeah. <sighs> Scary. Yeah. Um, and it was around this time that Catherine and David met up again and started committing crimes together. Um, and had in brackets, the perfect date. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and now we're going to go into Catherine's childhood, because from that point on, they kind of do things together from there. So, yeah. Um, but as I said before, she was born in Perth, WA, um, 23rd of May, 1951. Her mother, Doreen Nee Harrison, her, that's her maiden name, Nee Harrison. Um, I got a little bit confused though, because I wasn't sure if the Nee part was her maiden name, not her maiden name, her middle name. 
Mm. So we'll go on with it. Um, but her mother died when Catherine was two years old in child labour to her younger infant brother, who then later died two days after. Oh, that's really sad. Yeah. To like lose your mother and brother. Yeah. Like that. Um, she was then moved to South Africa with her father. Unable to cope with Catherine, her father then sent her back to Australia to be fostered by her maternal grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, some sources say that her father was abusive. Some say that he just couldn't deal with having the child. Um, but what we do know was that her maternal cra- grandparents were abusive and oh, emotionally manipulative. Um, that's not going to cause any problems later on. <laughs> definitely not. Um, during the duration of time that she spent with her grandparents in their custody, she would constantly be passed around to other family members. So there was a time where I think her grandmother had a, was it a heart attack or a cardiac arrest or something? Mm. Um, and so then she was passed to her uncle, who she barely knew. So now she is um, developing a sense of, like, nobody wants me, I'm a burden. She doesn't have anyone to depend on. She and doesn't have anyone man. that she knows loves her and, like, accepts well, her. And see, that's the thing. That means that, it, that the second someone comes along... She's going to seek validation from them. Ding, ding, ding. And that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Um, uh, her childhood was described as extremely lonely and she didn't have any friends growing up as the kids weren't allowed to play with her due to her grandparents' strict rules. Um, and because of how she was viewed by the adults of these other children, those adults and their parents went, you know what? If you're not allowed to play with her, she's weird anyway. Don't go, don't even go near her. So like, right. she wasn't allowed to play with anyone because of her grandparents and because of the other kids' parents. So she was completely alone. Um, and then you start going like and building this like fantasy world to escape from yeah. reality, and it just gets real bad. Yeah. Um, and due to this, she was literally scared into loneliness. Um, at ten. So at 10 years old, there was a custody dispute and Catherine ended up back in her father's custody. Um, He obviously moved back to Australia at this point. Um, Catherine first met David at 12 when he and his family moved to her suburb and they became neighbours and then they started dating at 14. Um, David was the only person who ever showed Catherine any, like, there it is. any sense of kindness or friendship and so she saw that and instantly latched on see you feel bad for the child then yeah and it's okay to feel bad for the child then but then that that doesn't excuse them stop picking up a lot maybe come closer like you feel bad for them as a child but it does still doesn't excuse them from what they do later on yeah um her father again, um, advised against the relationship as it was causing her to constantly get into trouble with the police. Oh. So, like, David would get into trouble and Catherine would tag along so that she would get in trouble with the police as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the disapproval between like, their relationship from her father actually made their relationship stronger because they went, you know what, out of spite... Well, also, it's the whole us against the world thing because yeah. they both, like, they depend on each other. They don't have yeah. anyone else, and now it's like they're. It is a body and Clyde situation where it's us against the world. Yeah. 
Um, you realize later on when they're in prison that David, like, it doesn't seem like it, especially when I was doing the research, that David depended on Catherine. Yeah. But later on when they're in prison, you realize how much he did love her and how much he really depended on her. Yeah. Um. To a scary point. Very scary point. Yeah. Um, now going into their petty crimes and their life together. Um, their first crime together happened on... In June 1969, where they tried to steal a safe from a local drive-in movie theatre and were charged with 11 accounts of theft and breaking an entry. Oh. Yeah. Well, she's um, getting more trouble for that than, like, raping later yeah, on. Yeah, I know! <laughs> All he got was the house's job. Simpson. Yep. Um... David got sentenced to nine months in prison, which was later extended to uh, added, which was later extended with another three years. Um, oh. And Catherine got sentenced to probation, um, and then got added to four years. But she copped the better half of it because she was actually pregnant at this time with another man's child. We I don't actually know who this man is. Oh, so. It isn't David, and later on I'll say that she does get married to someone else, but it isn't his child either. So, who is this man? Who knows? He um, probably doesn't want to be found after this. Uh, probably not. He's like, yo, keep the air. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when they, so like, they got the nine months and the probation, um, and then they tried to appeal in court, and the judge turned around and went, no, fuck you, you get an extra three years, and you get four years probation. Damn. Yeah, I know. And this is all for, like, petty theft. Yeah. Bet that they don't get that later on. Because the justice system sucks. Yep. Um, on June 21st, 1970, so this is literally a year after they got sent to jail and probation, David escaped from prison and <laughs> instantly sought out Catherine. I don't know why I find that funny. I'm <laughs> laughing at that. Um, after a crime spree of home invasions, burglaries, and robbings, they appealed in court a month later, July 1970, and were charged with 53 counts of trespassing, illegal operation of a motor vehicle, burglary, and robbery. And when they were arrested, they were caught with dynamite. Where <laughs> the fuck do you get dynamite? I just want to know. I actually have in brackets, where did he get it? Who fucking knows? That's insane. Um, and when questioned, um, Catherine admitted to knowing that what she was doing was wrong, but she loved David so much that there was nothing she wouldn't do for him. So she's completely smitten for him. Um, David was sentenced to two and a half months in prison. And Catherine got six months, and she actually gave birth to her first child in prison, but the baby was taken away um, yeah. immediately. Um, I imagine she didn't get that child back. I don't know, actually. I genuinely don't know. Um, during her time in prison, she wasn't allowed any contact with David. Um, yeah. <laughs> and during her time in jail... She and being forced to spend time apart from David, a parole officer actually convinced her to continue putting space between the two 
and Catherine ended up landing a house housekeeper job for the McLaughlin or Mc, no, it's not McLaughlin, it's McLaughlin. Oh. But the la it's M C L A U G H L I N. So it looks like McLaughlin, but it's like McLaughlin. McLaughlin or McLaughlin? McLaughlin. Yeah. McLaughlin. Yeah. It's I've mispronounced it for a solid few hours. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm struggling now. Um, and she later went on to marry the eldest son, Donald McLaughlin, um, on her 21st birthday. Cute. Um, and they even had seven kids in total oh, together. Yeah, seven. Um, her what is birth- with all these old-timey things and then having, like, a million children? Well, birth control didn't really exist. This was like in the seventies. Yeah, no, that's that's a good information. Yeah. Um, her first child, which was Donald Junior, actually <laughs> died. Oh. Um, shit. I think it was, he was only a few months old, but I can't remember the full story. I don't have it written here, but it was something to do with like a party, and they were all having like a party at the front of someone's house, and the baby was like walking around on the driveway and then someone went to leave and reversed over him oh my god i know that is horrendous yep so a lot of psychiatrists psychologists believe that this was something that like really pushed her over the edge absolutely losing a child is yeah. hard enough but in that um, such, like in such a traumatic way forget this she didn't actually like her children. She didn't want to be a mum. That doesn't shock she me. She hated being a mum. Um, she never, like, you would have thought, so having your first or second child, you'd sit there and be like, oh, yeah, no, I'm not really feeling this motherly thing. I won't have so, any more. Yeah. It took her seven to eight children to <laughs> realise that she wasn't a good mum. So clearly she was not parenting them, because, like, no. it took her way too long. Um... And she never felt any motherly attraction to them or any need to care for them in, like, that motherly way. Yeah, she had no motherly um, instincts. And the marriage between her and Donald apparently wasn't a happy one either. And I wonder why. Catherine longed for David the entire time, but he was in prison. Um, David then makes it out of prison and meets his first wife, Kerry, through his older brother, through his brother. Um, they went on one date, and then the very next night, he proposed, and Carrie said yes. You know what, that sounds like my nan and pop. They went on one date. Yeah, except your pop isn't a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. From what I know. <laughs> Who knows, he was in a gang. Oh! <laughs> he was in a biker gang. That's, a, that's for another day. There's a lot of biker gangs that are actually really good, though. Yeah. Um, no, they went on, so they went on one date. And um, he proposed on their first date. She said, you're insane. And then on their second date, she said yes. Oh, Is this Anne Mummy? Yeah. Oh, my God. And they were married for fucking so long. <laughs> A while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, like, they're still married. Yeah. yeah. My pop passed away. But, yeah, they were still. Yeah. Yeah. And they called every single night. Because, yeah. And so his first, their first date, he proposed to her. And she oh. said, you're insane. And then the second date, she said yeah. That's yep. so adorable. If I did that, she'd kill me. Probably. <laughs> um, well, we all know where your last relationship ended up, where you were engaged. So. Yeah, not smart. <laughs> no. 
fucking boyfriend like brought that up the, no- the other night. He's like, I just remember that you were engaged, and now I feel uncomfy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, me too. <laughs> um, they went. Uh, they actually went on to have a daughter together, um, David and Carrie. Um, and they were supposedly really happy for about six years. Um, and he was apparently a great father to their daughter and a great husband. Um, and, like, the daughter has, like, been in interviews and all that and has been like, yeah, no, he was a great father. He never once tried to hurt her. Um, I'm I'm not putting her name in here for, um, you know, respect for her. Um, but this actually all changed after a head injury. There it is. There it is. <laughs> yep. Um, except it's a bit weird because, like, this is him, like, in his, like, what, mid to late 20s? See, it's because it's usually while their brain's still developing yeah. and that's the issue. But yeah. this is it's different. It's later, but I still put it in. Um, he suddenly started treating Carrie like shit, cheating on her. Um, but it still said they never laid a hand on their, their daughter. So, okay. um... Soon, I guess. Yeah. Soon after he brought home a sixteen year old and introduced Never him mind. to his wife and his daughter as his girlfriend. I take back my previous statement. <laughs> he kicked his girlfriend out of her bedroom to move in into the master bedroom and said that um his daughter's bedroom would be now his and his new girlfriend's. That's disgusting. Yeah no. But Carrie, in a true Aussie woman fashion, God bless her, said fuck you and I was left. I was literally going to say, I hope that she told him to go fuck himself. <laughs> she did. Um, uh, then David left his 16-year-old girlfriend went, this isn't enough, I need Catherine. Um, Catherine was the only one for me, and so he goes to um, pursue her again. Newsflash, no you don't. <laughs> Um, he actually tracked her down in a hospital after she had a hysterectomy, which is probably a good idea considering she had eight kids and she was a horrible mother. Yeah. And she did one thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Took her long enough. In Catherine's marriage with Donald, who was unemployed due to an injury, she was looking after six children because the first one died, um, her husband, her father, and her uncle. And she wasn't working either. And she hated them all. She hated them all. Um, she took no pride in her house or her children, and the house was described as a pigsty. Um, four weeks after giving birth to her seventh child um, with Donald, she abandoned McLaughlin and started meeting up with David again, um, leaving her husband with all six of their kids her father and the uncle. You know what though? I think that they were better off. So yeah, I mean they didn't have like the happiest family or relationship because apparently they struggled financially a lot of it. Um, but I still think that he they were loved her, off and about. he wasn't a serial killer. So well, that's the only requirement. <laughs> really. <laughs> The limit, the, the fucking um, expectations are on. That is where my law. expectations are. <laughs> yeah. Um, Catherine soon moved into David's house and changed her last name to Bernie. So they were never actually married. She just kind of changed oh. her last name. She, she just is. like. Defeat, defeat, defeat. The, what? 
Oh, sorry. Changed by poll. That's what it is. Name changed by poll. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not marriage. They spent their time together in this house, which was disgusting again. It was fucking nasty. Um, but they spent their time together doing heroin, pills, chain smoking, smoking weed, and living as if they were childless. Can we add another thing to the list of how to make a serial killer? Because <laughs> I think that that's uh, it. Uncleanliness or heroin? Both. Okay, got it. <laughs> Everything that their life was, that is the next tip. Like, that's the next box to tick. Yeah, got it. <laughs> I'll add it to the list. Um... Uh, here's a quote from um, David's younger brother James, who he went he was sent to prison for molesting his six year old niece, and when he got out, um, he couldn't go back home, and he, his mum didn't want him. So uh, David and Catherine, <laughs> the face you're giving me, I'm so oh, disgusted. I know. Um, but David and Catherine weren't really happy about him moving in, but they were like, you know what, we'll just kind of put up with you. But James Burney said, um, I saw him use a hypodermic of that stuff you have when you're going to put stitches in your leg. It makes you numb. He puts needles in his penis, then he had sex. David had many women. He always had someone. So he was like... So he was, let me get this straight, he was injecting his penis with numbing, like, with, like... A numbing agent. A numbing agent, and yep. then having sex. No, he was putting um, needles in his penis so he wouldn't feel them going in, and then he would have sex. With needles in his penis. So that it, like, hurt. Yeah, well, no, because it's numb. But wouldn't know what's the point. I don't know. He's, He's just... not even a masochist. He's just psycho. Yeah. Um, there's oh a God. quote later on in here that James says again, but he was, like, a literal sex addict. If he didn't have sex at least one time a day, he would go crazy. Um, uh, to the point where he even tried to convince James to have sex with him. And when James said no, um, James woke up the next morning to David standing over him trying to have sex with his unconscious body. This is his brother. So, um, yeah, I don't know why that didn't click for me. Yeah, that that's his no, it's oh like, my god, it's infest. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, what did she think of all this? She was just happy to be along for the ride. Oh god. Um, in late nineteen sixty, no, nineteen eighty six. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Um, David started working for a local car wreckers, and for over a year, both him and Catherine practiced how to take their fantasies of rape and murder to reality. Because they both decided that you know normal sex, they'd already tried everything together, and it wasn't enough. Okay. They if, needed something if more. If you're into that, cool. Like, you can do rape fantasies with each other. With each other, if it's consensual. Consensual. Yeah. Like, consensual rape fantasies, not my personal thing. But if that's your thing, if you're doing it in a consensual, like, proper BDSM way, that's your prerogative. Yeah, go to town. But, like, you don't bring someone else into that. That's no. not... But, of course, if you're wanting that rape fantasy, you don't want the consent. No. Part of it. So, like, fantasizing wasn't enough. They needed it to be a reality. Yeah. Um, David convinced Catherine that, um, if she were to go along with his plans of abduction and rape, um, 
she um she would experience the orgasm of her life by watching him penetrate another woman who was bound and gagged. And she again, just went, you know what? Yeah, I'll go with it. Again, they could do that with someone who is consenting. Like, people like being bound and gagged. Yeah. She could watch him, like, do that with someone in a consensual and safe way. But that's not what they wanted. Like, no. that's... Oh. Um, and his end <laughs> memo was to keep kill people. He wanted to kill someone. So that's also what he wanted. Like, yeah. he wanted... He needed that. Can you sit still for... Five minutes. I'm really not doing well today. I'm having like a yeah. Grab a pillow and hug it. My my mental state today is not good. It's like I'm all over the place. I just yeah. can't focus on anything. Okay. It's been a week. You got your squishmallow? I got my squishmallow. Yeah. I'm actually far more calm now. This is actually okay. very much more calm. Okay. It's awesome. You should get one. Squishmallows yeah. are fucking amazing. I really amazing. think that I should. Honestly, you should. I usually have my mouth. This is the other thing. I know this sounds like so stupid, but like he comes with me everywhere, and he's always like running around. And it's like gives me something to focus on. I know, but I'm so scared because you live with five cats. I mean, I My know cat, Arnie doesn't care. Legit but... scared of him. <laughs> really? Yeah, legit scared of him. He'll actually like bolt from him. He's like scared of him. He's, he looked at him and he was like, "What's that?" <laughs> and the other cats don't care. Spano went up to him right, so, like I was like this, and I had him in my hands, and Spano came up and he went and like face rubbed him, like he does with those little kisses. And I was like, are you are any of your cats? Like, do you know how to See, cat? my cats would have bonked him. Yeah. To hell. Mm-hmm. So. Um, no, my cats just want to snuggle with him. <laughs> He's not um, so willing. <laughs> okay, so this is the first murder. Hang on, let me see where we're at. We're at 40 minutes. Whew. Um, Should we cut it for part one and then go yeah. into the murders for part two? Yeah, I was thinking that because the murders are a lot. Um, yeah, we can do that. Okay, I'm gonna have both of these episodes up today. I'm not gonna make you guys wait a day like we did the last time. Are we thinking about Thursday? Thursday, Thursday, Thursday. Yeah. But so like, these will both be out today when you're listening to it. It will be Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So and um, you will, yeah. You can instantly go and listen to it. It might be like you know an hour or two later, but it will mm-hmm. be up. Um, we'll schedule that. Yeah. Along with the Instagram posts. Yep. Um, so, yeah, um, follow us on Instagram at terraastralis podcast. Send us your terror tales at terraastralispodcast at gmail.com. Um, we're also on TikTok. Yes, TikTok is terraastralispodcast. Um, is there anything else? Go check out That's Not Canon Productions. Yes. Um, the podcast network that we now are part of. Yeah. Um, pretty exciting. Uh, there's some really good podcasts on there. Yeah. Definitely go oh, check it out, guys. I'm pretty sure most of them are Australian as well. So support your locals. There's a um podcast I've been listening to called Let's Not Meet, and they had someone like a guest on the show, um, Wine and Crime, I think, and they follow us, and we yeah. follow them, and we're like mutual. I've seen them on I'm Instagram. Pretty, like, I don't know if we've been talking to them yet but like we follow we're mutual followers on there and i heard them on his podcast and i was like that's so exciting that and i got so, so excited cool. for them because we're like friends with them it's great i was like, like having such a proud like like podcast, like, podcast mutual yeah. moment. Yeah. it was so good i was like so proud of them i was like yeah guys! Yeah. oh my yeah, god we that's... should collab with him he's like, it's really fun yeah okay Anyway, we will catch you in the next episode which we're gonna film right now yes <laughs> Um, bye. See you, Terry. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.